welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Noob. For more information and great content, jump over to our website at elamchurchchristchurchcity.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, um, this morning we are continuing on our series uh, on the book of Colossians. How many have enjoyed it so far? Give me a wave. If you've missed out the last couple of weeks, that's okay. You can catch up. Uh, just go online to our Facebook uh, page or also on our YouTube page. You can rewatch the sermon. You can rewatch the whole service, actually, and, um, and join in uh, and, and catch up. We, um, we are up to chapter three. And uh, I gave you fair warning last week to, to do your homework. And... Uh, and, uh, and I hope you did because we're just going to go straight into it this morning. The, the title of uh, chapter three or this uh, message this morning is simply New Life. The whole theme of chapter three centers around this idea that we are now new creations. Um, the old is gone, the new has come. Amen. Uh, in chapters one and two, uh, the, the main theme of chapters 1 and 2 was dealing with this issue of those opposing voices, you know, to the voice of the, of the Lord and to the uh, newfound faith of Christianity. And, um, and, and, and really, it, Paul was dealing with the issue of false doctrine. Uh, and and uh, I, I just feel like that last week's message, I, I feel like you need to go re-listen to that one. I, I, I know, I know, I, you know, I, I preached it, I know. Um, but it was really good, you know, and, and really you need to go back, re-listen to that, because I felt like there were some things in there that even I was surprised about, you know, uh, that, the, that I felt like the Spirit was really saying to all of us regarding what false doctrine looks like and how it uh, manifests itself in our world today. Um, and so Paul kind of, it seems like, Chapter three is a shift from chapters one and two. He's like, he says, you know, he's majoring on, oh, don't get buy into the false doctrine, stick to the true gospel. And then he kind of changed tack and he starts talking about the new life. They seem like differing opinions or differing, uh, differing uh, uh, points, but actually they go hand in hand. Amen. When you understand the true gospel as opposed to a false gospel or a false doctrine, there should be an outward manifestation of the gospel at work in your life. You should change. There should be transformation. There should be something that's different in you uh, as a result of the new gospel. Amen. Uh, a number of years ago, um, a friend of mine who shall remain nameless, you know, uh, I, I try not to, um, to identify, to, to present too many identifying uh, 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 pictures of people that I talk about because, you know, so, so I don't always get a chance to ask permission before I tell these stories. Anyway, um, <laughs> a friend of mine a number of years ago uh, was your classic bloke, uh, Kiwi bloke. And you know, he was like a bloke's bloke. He was like a rugby head. You know, he wore rugby socks and gumboots and, and, and shorts, you know, like cut jeans with a thing, right? You know, that's before they were even a thing, you know. And um, he used to wear all these um, old woolen jerseys that had been cut at the sleeve, you know, and rugby jerseys underneath. And nothing matched. Nothing looked uh, like it was supposed to go together. But he did not care one iota. Amen. 
Anybody relate to that? I don't care what I wear. I'll just grab the first thing I find in the morning. That's what I'm wearing today. Um, and, and he was like that for years. And, and, you know, it was like very uncomfortable sometimes being around him because, you know, I was like, dude, you know, you could just make a little bit of an effort, you know. And uh, until one day we started to notice a shift in him. He started to turn up to, to meetings like this. And, and instead of the cut jeans and the cut sleeve jerseys, he started to wear some really nice clothes. You know, out of the, you know this, like in our day, flares were in. You guys remember flares? Not, not, not 70s flares, I mean 90s flares, all right? They, they, you know, there was an era in the 70s, yeah. But no, this was the 90s flares. So in the 90s, he started wearing these nice clothes. Instead of shopping at the, the local Sally's, you know, he, he started going to Country Road. Ooh. And, and he would always buy the labelled clothes. He would always buy country road stuff. And, and there's a place in Wellington called Ferries. He even ventured in there, you know. If you know Ferries, uh, Kokoris and Stains, anybody know that? Yeah, yeah, those are very expensive places, man, I'm just telling you. I, I used to just walk by and, and just be like this in the window. <laughs> you know, when we started to notice he was dressing all, you know, really nice clothes. And then, and then we found out why. There was a girl. You know the story. <laughs> it wasn't you, and I'm not saying it was you. It was another friend. And because and, and there was a girl in church that he really started, you was like, ooh, uh, she looks good, you know, and started to, uh, uh, he changed the way he looked from, you know, the, the, the rugged blokey blokes uh, because he was trying to impress, you know. And um, often, you know, we, we, maybe we don't value so highly the importance of what we wear or what we put on. But Paul was, was the opposite in chapter three. He was saying, hey, you guys need to think about what you're putting on and, and what you're putting off. So this morning, I want to talk to us and reveal to us uh, about this new life that involves what we, three things. It involves three things. What we put to death. Everyone say put to death. What we put off and what we put on. Everyone say put on. Those are the three points for today. If you, if you want to know what the, the whole point of today's messages are, it's put to death, put off, and put on. Are you guys ready for this? All right, verse 5. We're going to start there and go all the way through to verse 17. It says here, and these are Paul's words, not mine, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, 
Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Amen. This, I want to start this morning by talking to us about putting to death. Paul said there are some things that you need to put to death. Sounds very graphic. Uh, he says there are things that have to be put to death. What are these things? Sexual immorality, they are impurities, lust, evil desires, and greed. Um, these things are all idolatry. Paul is revealing something. When he says put to death, Paul is actually revealing something that is very important for us to see. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? You should say yes. I'm ready for this. <laughs> I need some help here this morning. He's saying here, to put to death means we've got to go to battle. This is a reference to warfare in the spirit. There are many here this morning, and statistically I can say this, there are many of us that struggle in certain areas of our lives. This is all kind of uh, uh, post-salvation. This is, Paul was speaking to the church from a post-Christian, post-Christ revelation uh, standpoint. Are you getting this this morning? He was saying to the church that had received the true gospel that, hey, there are some things in your life that you've got to go to battle against. That, that these things are actually things that you just can't ignore or, and they'll go away. These things require that you actually go full-on warfare. Are you guys hearing this this morning? And these are the things such as sexual immorality. What is sexual morality? The sexual immorality comes from a Greek word called pornia. Pornia is the root word that we use for pornography, and it, it really implies Anything that has a sexual seduction to it, that is sexual immorality. You understand that this morning. Impurity is a reference to being unclean. For example, certain foods that the, uh, uh, in Judaism, there were certain foods that, that you could not eat, like pork, uh, and there was, or, or certain shellfish that you couldn't eat. Um, leprosy made a person unclean. Um, things like, Lust, evil desires, and greed, uh, these are desires for one's own advantage. Can I just say something? These issues have to be dealt with in the spirit. Amen, somebody. What you, the Bible says, what you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There are certain things that we face, that we struggle with, that are a problem for us, that, that we cannot ignore, that can only be faced and dealt with in a spiritual way. You actually have to go to battle against these things in the spirit. 
And, and, and this is what Paul was, uh, was emphasizing. He was saying, there are certain things that you have to put to death. Sexual morality, you can't just deal with it in the, in the natural and think it's just going to fix itself. There are some things that are actually more spiritual than they are natural. Are you guys hearing this this morning? And so what does it mean and what does it look like to deal with things in the spirit? Well, when it comes to these certain, certain types of issues, sexual morality, impurity, lust, those sorts of things, I believe there is a certain way we deal with these things. Number one, it is through prayer. And number two, it is through fasting. Are you with me this morning? We in the church have got to remember there is a weapon. There are weapons at our disposal as we fight these things, as we deal with these issues, as we deal with these struggles. And, and, and Paul says, you've got to put that stuff to death. Meaning, and this is how we do it. We're going to pray and we're going to fast until we see the breakthrough. Are you guys hearing this this morning? Galatians 5, this is again Paul's writing. It says this, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other uh, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Let me just stop there. There are things in the flesh human nature, earthly nature, that are opposed to the things of the Spirit. So how do you overcome the things of the earthly nature or the flesh? It's in the Spirit. Are you guys hearing this this morning? You cannot just fight with earthly weapons and expect to see those things destroyed, those things put to death in your life. You've actually got to use the weapons of our warfare, which are uh, spirit. Amen. It is, it is prayer. It is, and when you pray, it is certain types of prayer. It is not just, dear Lord, bless me. These are, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I bind this curse over my life. And I, and I will, rest, I will, I will hear, hear me when I say this, you, you have the power to declare those things over your life. Are you hearing this this morning? I mean, the enemy wants nothing better than to keep you silent, to keep you doubting, than to keep you from actually declaring some of these things and break the curse over your life. Break the stronghold. Break, break that thing that's holding you back from being fully what the Lord is wanting you to be. So not only just prayer, prayer and power of prayer is important, but let me just tell you that fasting is equally important as well. You remember when Esther went to meet with the king, he called, she called everyone to pray, to pray, but also to fast. When, when, Daniel, when, when Daniel was facing a struggle, he fasted. He went without. There is, why, why do we need to fast? Because it deals to the, the flesh. Because we're making the flesh submit to the will of the Spirit the will of God, amen. And we're saying, I'm gonna discipline my, my flesh so that my spirit can rise. And so that my, when my spirit rises, I, I can believe for the things that I'm believing for. 
So if you've got an issue in your life, it doesn't have to be kind of any one of these particular ones, but if there is something in your life that you're struggling with today, that you're warfaring against, that you're battling with, can I encourage you to consider maybe that you need to start praying and fasting over that thing? Maybe you need to go without so that you discipline your, your flesh and that, that space that would occupy to meals would now be filled with, with, with prayer and the Word. Amen. And these are tools that are available to you. They've always been there. Yet the minute we start talking about fasting, everybody's like, oh, oh fasting. Oh, maybe I'll, I'll disconnect my phone for an hour. Can I, can I just say fasting scripturally? has nothing to do with technology because technology just did not exist back then. But biblical fasting is the doing without food. Amen. Can we all agree on that? Now, of course, some of us, we, we just medically and, and health-wise, we cannot go without food. I get that. If you're pregnant, do not skip a meal. You're eating for two, all right? So keep eating. I'll join with you. I'll eat for three if I have to, you know? But if you can, you should be uh, uh, doing without. Why? Because that opens your heart and your mind to the things of the Spirit. Are you guys hearing this this morning? I, I, love, I love what it says here. Uh, Hebrews 12 and verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, when we, when we put to death, I really want to hear you guys to hear this. When we put to death these struggles in our lives through the spirit, not through the means of the flesh, we are disentangling ourselves so that we can run this race we're called to run. So that we can run with endurance, so that we can run with perseverance and finish the race that's laid out for us. Is that good news this morning? Are you guys getting this this morning? Paul, Paul's first comment to the church was this. You've got to put to death some things. In other words, you've got to go, got to go spiritual warfare. You've got to go to battle in the spirit. You know, start, begin, begin to start praying in tongues if that's what you do to, to engage your heart with the things of the Spirit. Get into the Word. You know, still your soul. You begin to do, uh, listen to worship music, whatever it takes. Get yourself positioned and aligned so that you can begin to do battle and warfare against these struggles that are entangling you and holding you back. I, I believe in 2024 that God's wanting to set us free from a lot of these things. Amen, somebody. There are things that have been held us down in this, and we're keeping this stuff secret. We're, we're, we're not telling anybody. This is our secret. This is our, this is our problem and we're hiding it from everybody else. But I believe there's going to time we can, can no longer do that. Well, there will come a time when you can no longer keep these things hidden then because there's so much of a struggle. Uh, you know, there's so much of a problem that, that you actually need to face up to this stuff. Amen, somebody. But you never do it on your own. Is anybody hearing this this morning? Put to death those things. The second thing that Paul encourages us on is this. Not only have we got to put to death, but we've got to put off. Verse 9, it says there, it says, Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. What does that mean? Your old self with its practices. It means this, 
there are some old habits that are kind of still lingering around. There are some old ways of doing things, some habitual stuff, old practices that are just hard to get rid of. We know first that Paul says you've got to put to death, but then he also says you've got to put off. You've got to take, there's some things that are not fought in the spirit, but that, that you just simply have to determine and discipline yourself to take off. Does that make sense? I love the story of Joseph <clears throat> uh, when he was in the house of Potiphar. It says here uh, in Genesis and uh, from, from verse, verse 11, it says here, it says, one day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him, this is she meaning Potiphar's wife, caught him by the cloak and said, come to bed with me. This is, this is better than Shortland Street, I'm telling you. <laughs> come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Now, you guys know this, or many of us will know this, Pot, uh, Joseph was known as one of the most anointed managers or administrators in Scripture. Uh, he saved an entire nation in how he managed the nation. He was a manager of a household. He would be a manager in a prison, and then he will become manager in the palace. Uh, but we see here the guy with the anointing for management, how did he deal with this issue? It says here, he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Are you guys seeing this? He didn't try and manage the issue. He got out of there. There are some circumstances that some of us have been trying to manage for a long time. We can't deal with these circumstances. We've actually got to do this. Listen to this. Joseph overcame his situation or his circumstance when he changed his position. Joseph changed his situation when he changed his position. This is what it means to, to break those old habits. You've actually got to change your position. If your habit is, is say, for example, uh, alcohol, you drink too much. You drink way more than you should. And, and, so, and your habit is, go, is to go down to the local and, and, and have, have a drink with the boys. If you're wanting to change that, stop going down to the local. Change your position. If your issue is something else, then change your position. If, if, the, if the situation is, is one thing, then you've got to discipline yourself by removing yourself from those things that will uh, uh, feed your old habits. Does this make sense this morning? I, I, here's, here's, here's what it says in 1 Corinthians and, and verse 9. It says, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I discipline myself so that I will not be disqualified. Are you guys seeing this this morning? There are some things you've got to put off. Joseph, he threw off that cloak. Actually, you know, he'd had one, he, wanted, he wanted nothing to do with that situation. So I'm, I'm out of here. It's just not worth it. If I keep doing the things 
here's you know, the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different result. We know that. Something's got to change. We've got to do new things. There are, there are some habits that are harmful to us and will be harmful to us in the spirit, but also relationally. Amen. Harmful to our health, harmful to our very lives. We've got to change these things. Is this okay this morning? So number one, we've got to put to death. Number two, we've got to put off. Here we go. We're going to finish on a positive. Amen. We've actually got to put on. Uh, chapter, uh, sorry, verse, verse 10. It says, put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. You've got to put on the new things. Verse 12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, number one, with compassion, number two, kindness, number three, humility, number four, gentleness, and number five, patience. If they sound very familiar, those are the fruit of the Spirit or elements of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we put on this new garment, it will change our lives. Amen. Those things that entangled us, those things that were a hindrance to us, that were a pit for us, when we reposition ourselves and put ourselves in alignment with God's purpose and will and in step with the Holy Spirit, those things begin to naturally manifest in our lives. They, they naturally happen because you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit. You've got to clothe yourself with these things. I love Proverbs 31 and 25. She is clothed. This is the Proverbs 31 woman. She is clothed with strength and dignity. Amen. What are you putting on? Like my friend, many years ago, he changed the way he looked. He put on new garments. There are some things in our lives that we need to put on. These new things that we need to we need to uh, embrace and begin to wear, to clothe ourselves with. And in chapter, I think it's chapter one of Colossians, Paul highlights that Christ was the image of the Father or the image of God. In Colossians chapter three, he now says that you are the image of Christ. Are you guys getting this? When you put on humility, when you put on compassion, when you put on kindness, patience, the virtues of Christ over your life, your image changes. You're no longer that angry person. You're no longer that spiteful person, that hateful person, that broken person. You are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Because you've put to death those things, because you've put off those other things, and you've put on these new garments, you are a new creation. Amen, somebody. And this is what God is wanting for us all. I felt like that the Lord wanted me to just finish this morning. I'll invite the 
uh, team back up. And I, I, I wanted to um, say to us that the, the, I feel like we're supposed to go into a little bit of warfare this morning. Amen. I know you guys are getting nervous now. But I felt like the Lord said to me last night as I was going over this, that there are people here that need to put to death some things in the spirit. And it is time. they got to put to death those things. This has been another great message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more content and updates, come see us on our Facebook page or jump over to our website. Thanks so much for listening.